you are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are my interviews with the production designer for Spencer, Guy Hendricks Diaz, the cinematographer, Claire Maffin, the editor, Sebastian Sepulveda, and the director, Pablo Lorraine. Yes, she is late. Guy Hendrick Diaz, how are you today? <laughs> Matt, lovely to meet you and thank you for your time. Appreciate no, it. Thank you, seriously, because uh, one of the things that I walked away from this film saying after I saw it at Telluride was, my God, does this film look amazing. It's stunning and beautiful, and you're a reason for that with your work here. So kudos to you, first and foremost. Cheers, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So you get a call from Pablo Lorraine saying, hey, we're making a film about uh, Queen Diana and the royal family, this period film. Uh, what is the first thing that's going through your mind? And what were those preliminary conversations with Pablo like? Well, we were actually in New York at the time, finishing mm-hmm. up a TV show called Lisey's Story. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Yeah. And uh, pa- Pablo turned to me and said, you know, I know you've done Elizabeth. How do you fancy doing another, you know, another <laughs> Wolf? And I said, great. And he said, here's the catch. We're doing it in Germany. And I've got to be honest with you, we were just talking about it with Rose. It it was so frightening because the British get really, really protective about the royal family. And it's you're really sticking your neck out there, literally, Mm -hmm. when you're taking on um, a film in any way about someone like Diana, who the British still hold very dear to their hearts. So Mm -hmm. I, I read the script. I was blown away. I thought that Pablo's idea to cast Kristen was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I happen to love Pablo. He's a friend and a brilliant creator. So it was a no-brainer for me to get on board with this film. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. So you are in this very odd position where you can't shoot on the location where the film is set. Instead, you have to transform these other locations elsewhere and have it look like the real thing. So I can't only imagine what that process must be like, considering how they're not expecting you to knock down walls and build it back up again, I imagine. So what is that like? It was insane. I I would say more than anything else that I've worked on, um, you know, I entered this thinking, oh, it's going to be this little movie. It's going to be real easy. We're going to go in, dress a bunch of places, hope we can pass it off as the UK and get out of Dodge. You know, that was sort of the idea. Not at all. I would put this in in the top two or three hardest productions I've ever worked on. I, wow. would, I would put it hard, harder than Passengers. I would put it harder than Inception. This wow. was really, really hard simply because we needed to seamlessly blend several locations together um, all, all over Germany. I mean, mm-hmm. we were not in, you know, in a five mile radius of Berlin here. We were in the far south. We had to, you know, drive through driving snow to the south to get to a hotel. We were in the UK. Uh, we were on stages. They're, they're not talked about very much because we're so happy with the way the locations turned out. But a number of the spaces you looked at were actually builds oh, on wow. a little known stage uh, called Bufa in, in central Berlin. We're even mm-hmm. in a soccer stadium for the, uh, the kitchen scenes, which you would never know. So I would say a lot of what you're looking at, yes, we couldn't knock down walls, but boy, did we build some walls. Um, <laughs> when you're in the kitchen, at least 50% of what you're looking at is a stage, is a set build within a location. Um, a lot of times when you'll see Diana sort of trucking down corridors, smashing things up, a lot of those mm-hmm. are sets, bathrooms are sets, bedrooms are sets. And then we have the opulent dinner scenes, which mm-hmm. are set in uh, these amazing sort of hotels in, in southern Germany, very exclusive, weird, creepy hotels and set in the middle of golf courses that, of course, were completely empty because of covid i never thought anything positive would come out of covid but i will say one thing which is we were left with several very empty and available spaces because of that so you get into these hotels and you're in germany right so you can imagine the walls are covered in moose heads and bears leering down (laughs) at you 
And you go, okay. So you have to strip all of that stuff out and basically redress the entire uh, hotel to look like, uh, for example, a palace. Mm-hmm. And so we had shipping containers after I'd been over to the UK with our decorator to pick out dressing that we shipped over from the UK to be able to dress the, some of these German locations with authentic, you know, furnishings. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I uh, called attention to to a friend of mine after I saw the movie was that food is production designed. They have to <laughs> make all that food. And that is some of the prettiest looking food I've ever seen on camera in a movie before. Oh, you are, you're spoiling me with that comment. We worked very, very hard at that. We were paranoid. Pablo and I had both had some limited experience with creating food Mm -hmm. uh, for films before, but it's never been featured. Mm -hmm. And reading the scene that we know that happens with the pea soup and how we were going to achieve that with the necklace. And I don't want to say too much to give it away. If you're, I don't know, you know, I don't want people to go, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Needless to say, creating edible necklaces, edible soup, creating table surfaces with holes in so that we could shoot through to get those angles, Uh, bowls of soup with different viscosities so that the soup fell in a different way. We literally had a permanent science class going nonstop through the production just to get that soup to be that color. And of course we were very cognizant. I, you know, if you know my work, you'll know I'm really into color mm-hmm. and making sure that everything is art directed to create a sense of feeling, mm-hmm. whether it's discomfort, sickness, happiness, whatever it is, that green that you see on Diana's dress, her beautiful silk dress that Jacqueline designed, that green of the soup, the green on the silk walls mixed with the gold, that music that Johnny created, it's all there to create a very, very disturbing scene. You know, it's funny, I, I, a couple of people have said to me, you know, when I look at the set design, it reminds me a little bit of The Shining, you know. Oh, okay, it's an, yeah. It, it's an interesting reference because it is true that when we were scouting, Pablo and I would sort of get together for dinner in the evening in, in Germany and we'd talk about what the palace meant. And Pablo said to me, look, I don't want the palace to be a facsimile of Sandringham. This is a fable. It's a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I need it to express the feeling that this woman has of isolation and loneliness and fear and paranoia. How do we do that? And we came up with this useful expression, which was the elegant prison. And that became our mantra, this elegant prison. And that's why you see that opening shot of Diana arriving in her green Porsche. It's a huge top shot and it shows that massive moat Mm -hmm. all around the palace. It's isolating her from the rest of the world. Sandringham doesn't have a moat, but ours does. Mm -hmm. There are also those wonderful scenes that Pablo uh, tends to do in all of his films, which are those ad lib scenes where he'll have the actress just express herself. In this case, we had Kristen moving around a lot of very empty spaces in the yeah. palace. And again, this was designed to give you a sense that this was an endless, huge, huge space that was unsettling, you know? There's something weird about seeing furniture upended with sheets covering it mm-hmm. and empty rooms in a household at Christmas. There's something sort of wrong about that, you know? Not to mention those uh, tall ceilings and how you got all the artwork also on the walls. It's just like like everything is kind of coming down on top of you, like suffocating in a way. Um, yeah. I, I love the, as I mentioned earlier, the look of this movie and, you know, a lot of that, you mentioned Jacqueline and uh, Claire Mathens uh, cinematography. I, I'm curious to know, is it Pablo acting as the middleman between the three of you or do the three of you also communicate with one another? And I also want to uh, throw in uh, Yesim Zolan, the set decorator as well. Can you just talk about the collaborative process and how you all come together to create this look for the film? Definitely. I mean, look, Pablo is the is the center of this world. It's mm-hmm. all about Pablo. Everything runs through him. 
Uh, but yes, I mean, we have to collaborate. Uh, it, it would have been impossible for Jacqueline and I, for example, to have created such an obvious color scheme for this film without communicating. You know, yeah. we didn't want to show up on the day and say, what do you mean you yeah. <laughs> you made the set red? I have her in a red sweater. <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we needed to make sure she didn't disappear. But there were times, as, as we talked about with the meal, where you want her to become green mm-hmm. and 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 fit with all of those elements that that went with that very disturbing meal scene. So yeah, Jacqueline and I were in cahoots from from day one, and um, it was it was really wonderful. I got uh, very early ideas about what Diana was going to be wearing, and that enabled me to very quickly make color decisions about what those environments were going to be, you know, for better or worse, you know. As far as Claire goes, Claire came in, obviously, as all DPs do, a little later into the design process. Mm -hmm. But what I loved about Claire, what I dearly loved about working with Claire, because we were on set together, there were many times when she and I would make very, very sudden decisions about moving furniture, Uh, Pablo as well, uh, having been through this with him already on another project, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. is is very much a director who's driven by his emotions. He has an eye on the story. He's very smart, very clever, but he also has a very wonderful emotional side to him, and he will let those emotions run away and give him moments where he just lets whatever happens, happens to capture those magical moments with Kristen. So I needed to be prepared, as did the decorator, to jump in and change dressing, move dressing around per scene. We certainly weren't driven by continuity, let's put Mm. it that way. Sure, sure. Uh, You mentioned earlier, this is some of the hardest work that you've done in your career so far. I have to imagine, based on the reception that it has received from people, that in turn, it must also be the most rewarding. So in looking at your work on this film, looking back on it, either through struggle or sheer reception to the movie, uh, what is the thing that you look back on and you say to yourself, I did damn good with that. I'm very, very proud of what we did there. You know, honestly, I, I I have to be honest and say I think it was watching the actors, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was 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 Kristen or all those other wonderful performers, Sally, you know, watching them come into the sets and just be wowed. Oh, that's great. What they saw. That that really meant something to me. And then in turn see Pablo relax and feel like, okay. And and then really you just sit back and watch the magic happen between all these incredible people. That really is the most rewarding moment for me, you know? Yeah. Um, And as I say, there were so many things that went against us being able to achieve this, Uh, you know, not, not just the, the sort of period of time, difficult period of time that we're in with COVID, but so many other aspects to this film became difficult in terms of here you are with this incredibly talented Chilean director in Germany. You don't speak the language. You have an American actress playing a British princess. <laughs> you know, it, it was everything was a French DP. Everything was so mixed up, and yet it all worked so beautifully. I think that to me is the memory I'll I'll take away from this. You know, that's fantastic. I I love hearing that. Um, your work is uh, one that has wowed us over the years. You mentioned a couple of other films Appreciate that you've worked that. on before. Uh, this is a number one. Like I, I, I just I can't get this one shot out of my head. Of it's a dolly uh, shot, and it's where you see the uh, the Christmas tree and all the festivities uh, in the uh, in the room, and it's just like my God, like the scale of this thing is massive. And I, I'm sure I could definitely spend more time talking to you about that. But I want to look forward to the future here for you. Is there anything uh, coming up that you're allowed to say uh, that you're working on or anything that you're excited about? Uh, what does the future hold in store for you? You know, Pablo and I have a top secret project we're working on. <laughs> he he kind of told me the same thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I I am thrilled. He Look, he's my he's 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 like my uh, filmmaking brother. You know, both he and Juan are one. We couldn't be from more different backgrounds, but somehow we just connect and gel on a creative level. 
And watching his talent, it just makes me more driven, more excited. At the end of the day, you love what you do, but nothing makes you more excited than the people you work with and work for. And Pablo creates such a lovely, warm environment to work in. It just uh, it makes your work better. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Let's see what what happens. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It was real, real uh, enjoyment for me getting to hear about your work on Spencer. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Cheers. Absolutely. You have a nice rest of your day. Cheers. Bye. Your Royal Highness. Mommy. <laughs> family are all gathered in the drawing room. They are waiting. Three days. That's it. serious about you. So stand very still and smile a lot. They know everything. They don't. All right, Claire, Maven, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Good. I'm very, very excited to have you here. We have been such big fans of your work, obviously with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, uh, recently with Petite Maman, and even more recently with Spencer. It's some of the most striking and visually stunning uh, work I've seen from any DP this year. Uh, So I want to first start off by asking, um, can you tell me a little bit about um, this is your first, if I if I understand this correctly, your first uh, project shot in the English language, correct? Correct, yes. What was that like, uh, or was there any difference at all in terms of from a production standpoint, um, you know, how you uh, were able to work uh, as DP throughout this process? Pour être sincère, ça n'était pas si différent. C'était probablement... So to be honest, it wasn't so different. Um, I mean, this film probably has a higher budget than other films I've worked on. But um, in any case, I was very happy and I have a great amount of... Um, I have a great desire to make more films in English and to meet and have the chance to film um, such talented actresses. Um, that was really one of the great pleasures of working on the film. Sorry, actors uh, or actresses, but in this case, actress. <laughs> and of course, the main star actress of this movie is Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. And when I saw the movie, I was very impressed by your use of close-ups on her face to both capture her performance and also take us into um, her headspace as a character. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your conversations with Pablo in immersing us into Diana's uh, torment, paranoia, and anguish. Uh, oui, nous, nous avons effectivement très vite, dès nos premiers échanges avec Pablo, euh, parlé, discuté de cette euh, proximité, de cette intimité, intimité, de comment euh, capturer l'intériorité même du, du personnage de, de Kristen. Et on a et on a beaucoup travaillé ensemble, tous les deux, tous les trois. Euh, et avec la caméra, avec effectivement ces, ces focales très courtes et cette euh, extrême proximité um, avec so, elle. From the first sort of discussions, um, we, we talked about this intimacy and this proximity and how to capture um, her interiority um, and the, the, the character's interiority. Um, so we worked together as a free, and um, Pablo was a big fan of, um, what's it called, um, focal length, um, close focal length. Um, and so we tried to almost get inside her um, with the camera and to pursue her in a certain way, to almost follow her. Um, so I used on the shoulder, um, I, I followed her like very literally by putting the camera on my shoulder in order to, to convey a real physical experience and to translate this intimacy. The movie's got a sort of hazy, bright look that accentuates uh, the colors and it feels uh, almost um, dreamlike uh, in Depicting a story that may or may not have happened, it's obviously heightened reality at times. Can you discuss a little bit about uh, visually how you wanted to capture uh, what is ultimately a more a more heightened, like I said, like a more heightened reality, if you will? Uh, oui, effectivement, c'était un, un aspect important qui est le côté le côté fable qui est tout de suite euh, annoncé dans le film d'une autre. Euh 
un, un aspect très visuel, très iconique, assez même intemporel, trouvé important qu'effectivement. Yeah, the, the fable aspect, which sort of announced itself in the film quite early, um, that was a very visual aspect, this sort of idea of it being almost um, timeless. Um, even though, obviously, there is a year that's given to the film, it was important for us not to situate it so precisely in her, histo in her, in her story, um, but for it to be more of a sort of intimate and singular portrait. Um, so obviously, the, the choice to shoot in um, Super 16 um, on film um, was part of that. Um, and we really had a desire for a very soft image um, in order to sort of participate in this um, fable-like um, aspect. Um, and um, to sort of make it derealisé, um, uh, just trying to think of the word, um, to sort of give it a, um, oh God, okay, let me just, let me just um, get back to that word. But, um, yeah, we wanted to, to make it very mysterious and, mm -hmm. and give the image lots of complexity as well. I, I definitely think that you uh, captured that uh, very beautifully in this film. You mentioned shooting uh, on film stock. Can you, as a DP, talk a little bit about your preference uh, for film versus digital? And um, do you feel that it's all uh, story driven or do you as a cinematographer have like a personal preference between the two? Je n'ai pas de préférence. Non, je trouve formidable qu'on qu ait le choix, qu'on ait... Enfin, voilà, cette diversité de, de, de formats. I don't really have a preference. I think mm -hmm. it's great um, that we have a choice these days um, and a sort of diversity in the format. Um, and I, I like the challenge of um, using um, everything that is um, that comes with um, film and with digital um, to the best of it. Um, like using the tools um, of both those different me mediums. Um, I think that often films choose their own format. Um, so it's more about the individual film than it is um, a choice between the two. Um, and I think that both are really fun and exciting to work with, and I'm lucky and happy to do both. So no, I don't have a preference. <laughs> Um, there, there are a number of, as I mentioned earlier, really, really beautiful shots in this movie. I remember when I was seeing the movie for the first time, I'm writing in my notes and I'm just like, gorgeous shot, another gorgeous shot. Oh my God, this movie looks incredible. I was, my mind was melting as I was watching this. I'm curious to know, is there a particular scene or a particular shot that you are most proud of, uh, that you were able to capture in Spencer? J'ai envie de, de dire de nombreux, de, de nombreux plans aussi m'enthousiasment me, vraiment. Je trouve à la fois pour oui, je trouve à la fois sa, sa, sa beauté. Il y a des plans où je la trouve somptueuse. Voilà, j'aime beaucoup certains plans pour la couleur. Je trouve que vraiment je trouve ça voilà la couleur magnifique. Mais peut-être que je crois que le plan. That I was really enthusiastic about, um, and obviously there's some that are sumptuous in their beauty, and some I like for their color. But I guess if I had to choose one, I'm quite proud of the scene where she arrives at the dinner with um, with all the candles, and she's wearing her light green dress, and there are the candles, and the shot where she comes in, where there's this sort of ballet with the um, the waiters or the servers who um, accompany her to the table. Um, and so I think this one, amongst others, um, is kind of incredible for its um, delicateness, its elegance, um, and the way she is um, so free with her movements. Um, and I find her quite extraordinary in this scene. I was having a conversation with Guy Hendrick Diaz recently, and he told me that this was the most complex and challenging project that he had worked on to date. I'm curious to know if the same uh, was for you or was it um, something where, you know, when, whenever a challenge is presented, uh, you welcome the challenge and you use it to push yourself and the medium uh, forward. Uh, can you just uh, elaborate a little bit on um, what creative challenges were presented to you and how you uh, how you approach those? Non, non, c'est toujours effectivement un, un challenge de, de faire un film. Non, j'ai l'impression qu'il y a à la fois le fait d'avoir, euh, je ne sais pas, découvert en tout cas un, un langage, une autre, euh, voilà, une, un langage visuel très fort pour ce film avec Pablo. Voilà, et ça, je pense que c'est un, ça a été un, un, un challenge. Après, visuellement, effectivement, porté par euh, des gens aussi talentueux que, que Guy ou que. Euh, 
ou que, ou que Jacqueline, euh, la, la chef costumière. So I think it's always a challenge to make a film, um, but I felt um, with this film in particular that I was discovering a new language and a very strong um, visual language um, that was Pablo's, and that was a, that was a challenge. Um, I was sort of carried void by Guy, um, people, people as talented as Guy and um, Jacqueline, who was our costume designer. Um, and I think the, the challenge was also that it's um, a space which has so many details in it and so many things and so many things that you have to pay attention to. Um, there's such a richness um, to the film on many different levels um, in terms of the decor and the material. Um, but in spite of all of these things, I was so well um, surrounded. Like there were so many um, brilliant people and I, so I felt supported basically. Um, I think that the greatest challenge was just being present there and with Kristen um, and, in, and sort of reaching the full potential of the visual language that was conveyed um, and that was desired by Pablo. Claire, one of the questions that we love to ask here at the Next Best Picture podcast is we want to know what is next. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we are loving your work. We've loved your work for a very long time, uh, going back to films like Stranger by the Lake and uh, what you're doing now these past couple of years. Um, it feels like you're gaining uh, a larger following here in the States, especially. So Everyone is very, very happy and very excited uh, for you and your continued success. If you're allowed to say, um, it, you know, what what is the next uh, what is the next thing that you have coming up? Je ne sais pas si 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 faut, si faut le dire, mais non, j'ai beaucoup j'ai 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 beaucoup évidemment de de projets. Je vais continuer à à faire des films en, en langue anglaise et à continuer à So I, I don't really know if I should say um, of course I have a lot of projects and I'm going to continue making films in the English language and traveling and um, making films in, in different various different places um, which are animated by exciting um, directors um, and obviously animated also by beautiful meetings with new people and um, but I think it's easier to talk about projects um, when they exist rather than to speculate um, before they have come to fruition. Sure, totally understandable and as I mentioned before we're very very big fans of uh, your work on this movie and we're very excited to see what it is that you do deliver next because if it's anything like what you've done here with Spencer I, I, I don't know if our eyes could handle the sensory overload of beauty that you bring to your films so uh, congratulations on the response to this movie and we look forward to the next chapter thank you so much merci beaucoup thank you very much Je vais continuer. I will continue, for sure. <laughs> for Thank sure. You. Have a nice rest of your day. Bye. Thank you. Mommy, what's happened to make you so sad? We're here in this house. There is no future. Past and the present are the same thing. Diana, they can't change. You have to change. You have to be able to do things you hate. You hate? There has to be two of you. It's the real one <laughs> and the one they take pictures of. Diana, for the good of the country. Of the country. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Hey, hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.
All right. So Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today about your work on Spencer. It's definitely one that uh, is getting a lot of buzz right now and something that a lot of us are very, very excited about. Um, so thank you, first and foremost. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, it's good to, 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 to be here talking about the film with you. Absolutely. So you've worked as you've worn a couple of hats, actually, as a director, a screenwriter, a producer. But, you know, you're an editor on this film and you've worked with uh, Pablo before on a couple of his projects. Can you talk to me a little bit about what it is about the editing process that keeps having you uh, come back to it? Well, the thing is, um, I had all those experience as a screenwriter, director and, and other things. And it's always a good thing because when you are working as an editor, you understand uh, your place and sometimes, you know, um, the complexities of to be a director, you know, uh, and um, the work with the actors and all those things. And um, and you have to be uh, very careful, you know, and defending somehow the tale and uh, the narrative and uh, and helping the, the the director in his own ideas you know? but um but yes with Pablo we, we already worked on four films in a series uh with Stephen King and uh and we um, I think we we have uh, we have a love for the the hypnotical editing I think that's uh, that's something that that we love. Uh, I think the people call it the moody uh, feeling, or you know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I call it the nautical way of cutting. You know, uh, because I like it because it's it's like when you were uh, you know in in the um, it's like I like to go to the cinema to the movies and uh, and to be somehow lost in that in those sounds and in that image. And to be somehow yes in the living that diagnosis, and I don't want that uh, it never uh, ends somehow. And uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I think this film um, had a lot of uh, it was very difficult in some ways because there were a lot of different tonalities in the film, and I think this um, this hypnotical way of cutting helped to merge all these different tonalities and um, ways to, to, to shoot it because it was uh, very di different. Uh, he shoot it in two different ways and uh, to, to uh, yes, and to, to have like um, uh, a narrative who, who interests you, who creates some mystery somehow with a character and, um, and yes, and, uh, and to have uh, finally a, uh, uh, a beautiful and organic tale at the end. So one of the things that uh, stands out to me when I'm watching Spencer is that there have been these preliminary uh, comparisons to uh, your previous collaboration with Pablo on Jackie, but Spencer is a totally different animal in so many ways. And so I was wondering if there was any kind of a conversation between the two of you, like, beforehand on whether or not it was like okay we we know this is a historical figure again we know this is a psychological uh drama what can we do in the edit to avoid similarities to jackie well we discussed about it but uh pablo he told me well this is a different tale because um jackie was an historical tale mm -hmm. an historical drama and this one is more a fable, you know. Yeah. There, the scarecrow. There is uh, some characters who are um, more uh, near a fable. So, so uh, the, the so we 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 couldn't really uh, go in the same way that we we did in Jackie, and uh, and and also I think um, uh, we already had. The, the 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 difference between all those uh, genres uh, in the same film you know the the um the fable the psychological terror the melodrama the ghost story and uh, the happy ending you know mm -hmm. uh, it's like you you have in one film a lot of different films so that was very complex in terms of um of create uh, uh, an organic tale that uh, gives you uh, brings you somehow the, these um, 
this idea of that you are you are following um, this character in her own crisis, and you are following, and and you also you are uh, you are not following the character that you already think that you know. Mm -hmm. So that's very important because you you touch a very important point. Um, there there was some uh, you know TV shows and uh, other kind of. Um, of uh, there was there were some pictures about uh, Diana, and uh, but in all those pictures, the and uh, in the in the TV show, uh, there was there were never um, this idea of mystery never exists uh, of the character. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you you all you all, all the things that you that you saw of the character that was the only thing that you could really think about the character. There were no distant distance um and imaginary of the audience in those uh, car in in the character and in the films or in the tv shows because yeah because the tv show is a product uh, they they have to sell things and they they are not <laughs> uh they they don't need to 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 create more than that uh but uh, cinema is an art form so so we had to enter in a more complex you know path um to 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 achieve uh that to create that mystery, to create that uh, uh, that interest in uh, that new interest in that character too, because uh, I think uh, it refreshed somehow um, the, the narrative that we already had on Diana, and I think that's that's very interesting and and that's very um, like uh, compelling somehow too. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I, I completely agree. Uh, because it is a fable it does give you artistic liberties to be as creative as you want in the storytelling. So I'm curious to know, was there any kind of experimentation done in the editing that broke away from the script or did you guys primarily follow the script in terms of its uh, structure? Well, the, the script was very well written in terms of information. It was very, and the dress code, because the film is about the dress code, about the rituals that she has to follow, you know, right. to, to follow to 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 survive <laughs> in this uh, monster house, <laughs> and uh, and somehow uh, that um, that was very complex to move things. And mm -hmm. Jackie, I could really move things, you know, back and forth, wherever I want to 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 do it. Uh, in this case, it was more complex. But the thing is, um, Pablo always searched complexity, so he he shoot. Uh, the film in two ways. He 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 shoot it like in hand camera, following mm -hmm. her oh, in long takes, and at the same time in a more classical way. Right. So I had sometimes, you know, these two different, totally different, opposite ways to, to you know, to to approach a scene. And he told me, okay, now uh, please mix <laughs> mix both. And and it's very complex because uh, um, you know the elegance that has the the classical way to shoot uh, to, to to cut uh, when you have these wide angles near the face you know to the, um, in movement uh, they 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 always crash with this other idea of uh, of mise en scène mm -hmm. so it was very complex to to uh, to merge that and. Uh, and it creates somehow, um, I think, in the mind of the audience, somehow some sense, some sense of a crisis, some sense of something is going wrong here. Something is not good, you know. Right. And uh, and uh, it works uh, finally uh, for the audience to to feel also that you know that something is not uh, something is not normal and uh, and uh, and you are in the in the state of mind of the character so i think that was um, that was interesting but also yes i i i think um yes i think uh, the, the 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 when you talked about the, the the fable of course the fable allows you to create imaginary tales but at the same time, the, the the fable has a problem that is the genre who allows you the less um, uh, to to play in the borders of the genre. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it was that was very complex because because when you go to the psychological terror or the melodrama or the ghost or even like uh, almost a, a documentary film when she's with uh, her her child in the in the night scene when they are playing, yeah. you know. 
Uh, to mix all that uh, now he, nobody notice and uh, and it's a great thing because <laughs> uh, that's that's my job <laughs> you yeah. know uh, that you can see a a, 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 a tail uh, you know and you don't really notice all those things but i can tell you that it's not uh, easy you know to merge all that in a single you know in a single film <laughs> sure no totally um and then another thing i also wanted to ask you about one of the probably most memorable scenes in the movie is the uh, dancing montage sequence. Um, and so I, I sense everything that you're talking about in terms of these long, wide takes and uh, trying to cut those all together. Can you talk particularly about that montage sequence and what it is that you guys wanted to convey through that sequence? Yeah, that sequence was very complicated. And I think for me, I think the last cut that we made on the film um, before to send it uh, to Venice, it, it was on that sequence because it was a very very complex. And normally, when you when you use music and images, it's like the most uh, simple thing for the, the the editor, you know, because you you only have to to um, to move uh, the image, you mm-hmm. know, the image. So normally is is not so complex because you don't have to to work with five or seven you know uh, um, mm-hmm. tracks of sound. So right. normally, but it was very complex because you, because it was the the, the balance between what she she was uh, she was seeing her life uh, or moments of her life in front of her eyes somehow, mm-hmm. and and uh, to not be you know too much fashion or to not be too much. Uh, uh, no, no, emotional, of course, because it's a it's a very emotional moment. But you know, not be um, too much uh, crazy because we, I had two or three versions where it wasn't too much, uh, you know, craziness mm, and yeah. Uh, and so it, it's a very complex balance because you have to be elegant, but at the same time you have to be very compelling, and at the same time you have to be very free, <laughs> uh, and and you have to to give. The, the the sense of uh, of uh, of a woman in crisis always you know mm-hmm. you, you cannot uh, forget that it's not, it's not that she's happy she's happy in that moment she's really living a crisis but at the same time is the moment where she, um, she that give her a reason to live somehow you know yeah. and uh, but at the same time for the audience it's also some of the moments that uh, are important for them you know uh, that the, because they know that that icon somehow so is they 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 see her with her uh, bride you know dress is something that creates something in the audience so you you have to really balance those moments uh, in in the good, in a good way uh, yeah. to to finally leave that in a in a like very organic way you know that's okay it it is it, like uh, it was written like this somehow yeah. <laughs> even if it was a, a total chaos and i said my god what, what, what can i do with this <laughs> but the first time the first time it was always very um, compelling because the first time I, I show um, a cut, uh, my first cut to Pablo is was 10 days after they finishing the shoot, the mm-hmm. shooting. He, he cried at the moment. Uh, oh. He find it so, so beautiful. Yes. And it's not so easy. No, he, he, he was just, he just finished the, 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 the shooting. The shooting is always a very complex moment for directors because you, you are, you are living the craziness of everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. The human, you know, all the humans uh, together is always, you know, even if you want to, to do an industry, it's always, you know, a very complex moment. So, so uh, even after that, he could really, uh, you know, uh, feel that moment in a very beautiful way so it was very like uh well, it was very beautiful for me uh when when that happened <laughs> and that kind of leads into i guess uh my, my my next question here which is you talked a lot about that there being a lot of complicated moments in this uh in this edit and you're also talking about the personal fulfillment aspect of it all as well so i'm just curious to know was there a sequence in this movie that was particularly very challenging but there was great reward that came of it when once it was completed. Yeah, I think um, I think the the scene. Well, I have problems, uh, a big problems with two uh, two um, two sequence. Uh, the sequence when she arrives 
I didn't receive uh, any applause for that, of course, <laughs> uh, because like, uh, when you present the character, nobody applauds that. But it was very complicated because I had for once, I had this, this very big, uh, you know, uh, wide angle in his in her face, you know, moving and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, like have, uh, creating a ballet um, near her. Mm-hmm. Uh, her face uh, and um and also you know a most a more classic approach uh you know of shooting with uh, uh, medium shots uh, you know um so it was very complex uh to create uh that balance it was very difficult to 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 achieve you know something that you feel that that it works, but at the same time, it's not the normal thing because uh, it's the opposite way. You know, when when you confront that uh, in in the editing, is the the opposite. Uh, so normally it doesn't work. It, 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 normally, uh, you know, all the um, in the technical books they say that uh, this should not work <laughs> normally. <laughs> but the, but uh, but I had to to make it work. Uh, so, so that, that was very, very difficult in terms of, uh, of the right balance and to feel that something is not, uh, because in this film, it's, it's always the order and, and the chaos, you know, yeah. together. It's like the music, you know, you have the Baroque and the free jazz and right. the contrast of both that create that, um, uh, uh, that, uh, the tale somehow, the, 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 the conflict in the tale. And uh, and I think it's uh, her inner crisis with uh, at the same time with the, the this baroque world with you know the baroque is the is the music where you you say to the king and that's why Louis XIV here in France he, he loved to to hear baroque you are saying to the king there is an order and everything is is in that order and you are the center of that order mm. you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that was a little bit always um, the game to play with the, the order, but at the same time to, to 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 put some free jazz on that and to create some noise and some craziness and somehow yeah some chaos. Um, so so I think that's the key of the film. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, one of the questions that we always ask here when we're wrapping up is we always like to ask what people are working on next because we're always looking ahead towards the future. And you've had these wonderful collaborations with Pablo, both in series format and also in feature film. I imagine that that relationship is going to continue. Uh, but are you allowed to tell us what it is that you have coming up next? Oh, no, Pablo. I, I think Pablo in this moment, he 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 wanted to, to shoot a series after um, when we were like cutting the film, I said, "Wow, you're crazy! You have to <laughs> stop. Uh, you're hard." I said to him, really, "Hey, you have a heart, you know. You you have to." Uh. So I think now he he stopped a little bit, you know, to to do the 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 interviews and the award season somehow. Yeah. But I think he, he's a, he's a workaholic. <laughs> he cannot stop. Uh, so let's see where where. Where are we going to to be in, in the next? Uh, yeah, but but he's, I mean, uh, he's a crazy. He's in love with cinema, so he cannot stop. And I think, uh, and I think, uh, yes, uh, he can shoot two films in a year. So so nobody <laughs> does. It's absurd. <laughs> so yeah, no, that. it's uh, definitely a Herculean task if there ever was <laughs> one. Once again, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, Spencer is my favorite film of the year. And part of that is because of all of the technical elements that are just coming together to create this really, really incredible uh, look at uh, Princess Diana. So thank you very, very much for your time today. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. I'm I'm following you. So it's it's, it's always good to to talk with you. (laughs) Absolutely. You have a great rest of your day. Okay, bye. Take care. Take care. Pablo, I am very, very happy to be speaking with you right now about your latest film, Spencer. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you doing? 
doing great doing really well i mean this is my number one favorite film of the year i saw it back at the tell you ride film festival where actually i got a chance to uh, meet you in person there talk to you a little bit about the film and i guess the first thing i would like to ask is as a filmmaker uh you've put out uh two movies uh this year i know they were filmed obviously at separate times but what has it been like working through the challenges of the pandemic and releasing a film uh during this time Oh man, these are weird times for cinema. That's mm-hmm. for sure, um, because uh, it it interferes or it, it affects every every part of the process. Yeah, like any other jo- job, I think. So it's not just us, but usually, the, the, I guess the bigger problem is in 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 both extremes. So whether it's by the very end, so where the movie has to be released and. And and people has to be on a movie theater with others. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one challenge. And then the other one is to is when you are actually making the movie, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just odd because people has masks and 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 it's it's a it, cinema is about looking at each other on a set, and when everyone is covered, you don't understand exactly what everyone is feeling. So that is one thing, but but uh, I, in, I mean, look at the end of the line. I think that it reminds us the things that we that we lost because of this, and and that is the collective experience. And now we're getting it back um, slowly. I wish it, it, it'll, it'll be faster than than it looks like, but but there's something in 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 the movies that is not replaceable. Uh, that one thing is is to see it on a bigger screen that is very relevant. And another one is to see it with others. Um, yeah. And I've, I've, for example, with Spencer, I've, I've seen it with, with uh, one person or with uh, a thousand people. And, <laughs> and it's just another thing, you know, and, and it creates a collective thing um that it's uh, that is interesting and and that that you get to learn from but but like anything it's just you know you miss the things that you you thought they were a guarantee in your life and experience and and they aren't so yeah let's just be careful sure sure uh many people have drawn comparisons uh with this film to your 2016 film Jackie uh starring Natalie Portman which was also another brilliant movie might I add uh but I want to know if that if if you ever deliberately intended the two to be companion pieces or if you set out to make Spencer its own thing and it just so happens to be coincidental that they share some similarities no, it's both I think I mean mm-hmm. I mean they're uh sisters somehow you know? oh, I like that but but at the same time, um, they are very different in the in the operation that, that they sort of propose. Uh, at at uh, you know, and, and the films are very different, and mm-hmm. and they share things that are, you know uncommon. They were like about very strong woman from a 20th century woman that that somehow shaped the second half of the 20th century woman that were linked to powerful families, uh, married to powerful men. They were both, uh, or they had a very some, somehow tragic life, uh, whether it was to by her own life, like Diana, or the people that was around them, um, like Jackie. Um, and they were both people that were, you know, under this, this continuous and um, permanent scrutiny of the media. Um, mm-hmm. And they both were able to, to create a very strong identity in in very unique circumstances and that is very interesting and, and beautiful and, and i admire that um but look it's jackie is about i guess i don't know uh it's legacy memory grief and and spencer is about uh, identity and motherhood um and but they're both uh, a little chamber pieces on on this on this incredible incredible lives and and but yeah I, they're they're connected of course I, yeah. I I don't think I would have ever made a Spencer if if I didn't do Jackie before I I and actually was invited to do Jackie by Darren Aronofsky and then uh, Natalie got involved involved and and everyone else and and then you know after that maybe I thought that it was possible to to just 
go and and and, and lose the fear and and face uh, another another character uh, in this case uh, Diana of course sure so is there an a, a, a unofficial uh, trilogy brewing possibly in the future it it might it might happen uh, it's been hard to to think about it because um, this has been a busy days um, I don't know if it's going to be something that I'll immediately do but 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 yeah we're thinking and 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 reading and 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 yeah basically yeah. thinking it, it, it might happen Let, a, lot, a lot of uh fascinating female figures out there whose stories of are worth exploring that's for sure oh, yes that's for sure uh you mentioned motherhood before i want to know uh kristen stewart who i'll get to in a little bit here uh she has this wonderful chemistry uh with the two kids who play um uh, diana's sons uh william and harry in this film and i just wanted to actually ask specifically about uh, grounding the relationship and identifying uh, Diana as a mother uh, figure in this movie uh, for the audience. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to give her this warmth and also translate that over to the audience through the relationship with her children? Of course, I um, I look. I I've made movies before where there are children involved, and when when we did uh, no. Um, Gael Garcia um, did an incredible thing that I understood and learned from him in that movie is that the, the kid that, that that was around that was playing his son mm-hmm. he was an incredible kid and but Gael sort of took him right and it was like hey come here and they, they and he built a relationship inside and outside the set and so when the camera was rolling it 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 already existed something that it it could happen that you could believe right and it was it was beautiful it made also a way nicer experience for 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 the kid and for everyone of course but for the kids so i i learned that and then in, in any movie that i've done or any project that i work with kids i always encourage the the actors that are playing the parents to to really take control of the situation and more than i do i i could be friendly i could be their director i can conduct them i can do a lot of things and maybe if i ever do a movie where where a kid is in the center and there's no parenting ball it would be a different experience but but in this case it was was i was like kristen go for it you know embrace those kids create a relationship and 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 she did and it was and it was incredible and 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 we had little those little actors are amazing and they're so beautiful and 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 but but I was like Christian, you know, like like I remember my mother would touch me, you know, and, and my head, and and would, it's a physical thing, you know, that I have with my kids too. Maybe because I'm Latin American, I don't know how is it, in, in, or honestly, in, in how would that be inside of the royal family? But I bet that 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 we all share that, you know, it's like a it's a thing that we we I, I tend to have kids, of course, I have kids, and I. I I kiss them and touch their ears and, and their, their elbows and I see how they are. It's a physical interaction, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage Christian to do that. Um, and they became really friends, you know, and, and they admire uh, Christian and they wanted to play the role and they wanted to love her. And so it really worked out. And, and it, I think it's, it's, it's filmed, you know, it's, that it's been captured like that and, and it was a lot of fun. Those kids. I mean, you know, because thanks to that's the weird things. Thanks to COVID, the kids mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to go back home as often as they would be. Oh. We're shooting in Germany, mm-hmm. so they stay with us basically most of the time. So they would just hang around. They had like this remote uh, school, and then after that, they would just come to the sets. And 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 especially the older one, Jack, would play William and said. Uh, Pablo can stand around. Yeah, sure. So he was like most of the time was often seated in the next to me in the in, you know in the director's monitor, and so he was there. But look, what also what they do and what they did to me personally is that they made me understand this movie differently because thanks to those kids, I saw the movie and understood this movie as a motherhood take as well, and I and I felt that we were making a movie about motherhood and I somehow saw myself in them with all the difference in the world that I have with, you know, in reality with, with, uh, with uh, William and Harry, but it's just as a son, you know, and, and I yeah. saw my own mom. I think that we can all relate to that. And yeah, yeah, it was nice. 
yeah, I think it really gives the film uh, an emotional gut punch at the end, uh, especially. You talked a lot about Kristen Stewart. Um, I would like to just know what were the two qualities, if you could boil it down to two qualities that you knew instantly that she was going to be the right person to take on uh, this very hefty role? Uh, to be brief, um, uh, you know, that that incredible cocktail, that, that magnetism, mystery and beauty can can deliver um and then another one that you know maybe we don't talk that about it very often because it's like colder but it's their skills you know that someone who can go there and and play like that and and do from the accent to the mannerism to the emotional drifts and 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 and, and carry the tragedy carry the motherhood carry, carry the unsettling being the horror being the terror be laughing you know having it's all that that up that sort of so the rainbow of 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 skills that 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 she has and 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 yeah, it's right there in front of you. And it's amazing to see it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a really, really phenomenal performance that she's delivering in this. And I've talked to so many of the um, craftspeople that worked on this film with you. And there's a common theme that this was a very challenging uh, project to work on because of the many different moving elements all the historical uh, accuracies, and in some cases also inaccuracies, deliberately so from the screenplay. So I want to know with such a complex project, what for you as the director of this film has been the most creatively rewarding aspect walking away from this project? Oof. I, I think it's, it's um, this could sound uh, less exciting if you are looking for something super precise, but... <laughs> It's the movie, you know, and, and I think it's the overall the overall operation. And and I'm I'm grateful that I work with people that I admire so much. That's the it's a very good recipe and it's a very good advice to invite people that you admire. Um from Claire Mathon and, and Guy Hendricks or Jacqueline Duran and and, and Wakana and Stacy and everyone really and the rest of the cast that and and you know what you were saying you need to know how things are or as much as you can if you want to break that reality and take a license and and just to you know do something different but you want to be responsible with the decisions that you're making mm -hmm. and so research and 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 being accurate and and being educated in what the things are on how they were uh is very relevant and i think um People like Guy Hendricks and, and Jacqueline Duran, they really got into the details before we decided to break to break any rules. So we did break some of them mm -hmm. um, because they need, the movie needed them, but not not the ones that that are ultimately um, extremely, I think, uh, relevant. I, I think that we did it with respect, with admiration towards Diana, and and we had a great script. You know that it's it's a it's a guide uh, that uh, that I've never worked with a script that is so precise. Um, we add things instead of changing things, and we suggested certain things to Steve, and and he most of them incorporated. But um, look, it, this is it's a movie made in Germany. Most of it, we shot a little bit in England, the exteriors, but most of it's in, in Germany mm -hmm. with a French DP. Um, with an American actress, mm -hmm. a Chilean director, mm -hmm. and everyone else, or most of everyone else, was actually English. So it's a Babylon cocktail of cinema, yeah. and we were all there sort of focusing in, in what we care, which was finally, you know, a movie that could just tell us how can people and specifically how Diana was able to build her identity in a very unusual and difficult context. And the way she did it, it was through trusting herself and, and understanding that the thing that she cared the most was 
with with her, her children, and that that it's a very simple but very human operation. And I think everyone in our crew and cast sort of hold into that, um, and that's that's what I think the movie did finally. Well, it's a very, very beautiful and exquisite film. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to chat oh, with me man, today about pleasure. it, seriously. And I my wish pleasure. you all the best because you're one of the most exciting filmmakers we have working today. So best of luck to you and everything else that you're doing in the future, man. I'm around. Thank you. All right. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Take care. Take care. Oh. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interviews with the production designer for Spencer, Guy Hendricks-Diaz, the cinematographer, Claire Maffin. The editor, Sebastian Sepulveda, and the director, Pablo Lorraine, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Spencer is currently playing in theaters from Neon. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) 